I'm Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Kramos. And welcome to the Back Peg Daily Doha series, episode 20. And in lieu of a sponsor, this episode is brought to you by La Albe Celeste. I thought you might have gone for Leo Messi today. Maybe Julian Alvarez. Uh, I thought we'd go the whole team, but yes, they, yeah, I mean... We're going to get onto that. I think we're going to mention both of those guys enough today. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. The dynamic duo and wow, wow, unbelievable performance from both of them this morning. We'll get onto it in some detail, but just Argentina, wow. This is the performance for the World Cup so far for them. And we've been sort of thinking that they're growing into the tournament. I mean... There's a lot of room for growth after you lose to Saudi Arabia in the first game. But ever since that, they've just gotten better and better. They've gotten more and more comfortable at this tournament. And wow, what a performance that was this morning. Yeah, incredible, Nathan. Absolutely incredible performance. Um, Yeah, you're right. We were saying that they were growing into the tournament, finding their way in and, and how. They were amazing this morning. They were absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Croatia had no answers. Midfield was lo- like, you know, midfield was lost, Um, you know, and... They just couldn't. They just couldn't match the play of Argentina. Like Argentina were great all over the park. Really, they weren't. They weren't really tested either, mind you, in the defence. But they just couldn't get a hold of the ball in midfield. They tried, but um, yeah, unfortunately, Modric on this occasion lost out to to Messi for Croatia, and uh, Croatia go home. And uh, no shame in losing in the World Cup semi final. That's for sure. But an emphatic performance by Argentina. Brilliant all over the park. Yeah, absolutely. And it was the battle of the LM10s. One had to go, one had to go through, and it was Messi getting the upper hand on this occasion. And you're right to mention Croatia. Let's give them a little bit of a a chat before we dive into how good Argentina actually were today. And Croatia, their second World Cup semi-final on the bounce. We've been saying for a few episodes that it's a fantastic achievement for them as a country, as a football nation, and the rejuvenation of the talent there in Croatia for what is a relatively uh, small country, uh, with all due respect. And it gives me similar vibes to Uruguay in Europe. It's a, it feels like a similar thing to me. Uruguay always punch above their weight in South America with the likes of Brazil and Argentina. And Croatia seem to be doing a similar sort of thing in Europe where you don't expect them to do as well as they do, given the size of the country, the population, these sorts of factors. And on this stage, they have been brilliant the last two tournaments. And um, I wouldn't put it past them to go and have another great tournament in 2026. Yes, a lot of these players are going to move on, but there's still so many great players in this Croatia team that will be hanging around. Yeah, you're right there, Nathan. Look, Croatia will be back. There's no doubt about that. There's no... We've mentioned... Well, they're a point in case for study, right, for every football nation because... And it's a great comparison that you make there with Uruguay, right, um, where they're... You know, similar population, and they just have this production line of footballers, and they're brilliant at all sports, really. But they're just the uh, the quality of these footballers that Croatia produces is is of such a high standard. You know, it's it's brilliant to see. And you're right. Look, you know, they'll be back in 2026. They'll qualify, obviously, with the increased um, uh, numbers of uh, of participants in the 2026 edition. Will they reach those lofty heights? Perhaps not, but it's a you know they can go through their period of regeneration now, and you know they might be off the boil for the next four years. But perhaps the cycle after that, you know, look out because they've just got this knack of producing footballers and you know and regenerating. So um, yeah, they just 
weren't good enough today, unfortunately. Um, and they weren't allowed to be good enough because Argentina were just dominant from the start. That is a the thing. There was a 20-minute period at the start of the game where Croatia were in the fight. They were taking it to Argentina. The midfield was winning their battles, I thought, from the first 20 minutes or so. They were getting the upper hand slightly. But 20, 25 minutes gone, then Argentina just clicked into gear and it was one-way traffic after that. And wow, Leo Messi stealing the show once again. And what a tournament this is turning out to be for him. And yes, everyone, everything at Argentina is geared up to uh, let Leo Messi or allow Leo Messi or win the trophy for Leo Messi in this Argentina camp. But he's doing it himself. He's doing the business as well. And what is it, five goals and three assists or the other way around so far this tournament? And he's primed to win the golden ball. And now he's got, uh, well, they're in the final. So perhaps he has a, a, the jewels remain to go with it as well. Yeah, well, actually, I think he's on um, four. Well, he might be even – no, he's on five goals. Yeah, he's on five goals. He's equal with Mbappe for golden boot. So, um, yeah, and look, he's now con- – he is the contender for – between him and Griezmann for uh, golden ball, I think, if France make the uh, the final, and depending on how it goes there, but um, which we'll cover off later on in this episode. But – just an incredible performance, really. Uh, but but he did have a great supporting cast as well today. And yeah, they were just so impressive. It'd be for going forward. Yes, Croatia did, had defensive lapses. It was interesting to note that Guardiola uh, was focusing on, or he was obviously given the task by Zalic with regards to uh, man-marking Messi. And yes, Guardiola's a great defender, but... That actually created the space for Julian Alvarez to, you know, to be put through every time. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot there, Croatia, unfortunately, from a tactical perspective. A word on Julian Alvarez. Yes, Argentina were fantastic everywhere over the pitch, but he was one player that is worth singling out today. Yes, he got two goals, but more than that, his all-round game is brilliant and he's still so young. Uh, I saw a stat that in the year that Julian Alvarez was born, Leo, Leo Messi was joining La Masia the Barcelona Academy, <laughs> and here they are on the international stage. And I don't think Leo Messi has had an attacking player the level of Julian Alvarez, who's able to finish the chances that Messi can create. Yeah, you, you saw he, he really posed a problem for Croatia today, Alvarez. And look, for mine, he was the player of the player of the match. You know, yes, Messi uh, did um, did some brilliant work. You can't, I mean, and really, Sunday is quite possibly the coronation of the greatest player ever if he, if Argentina win this World Cup. But you can't take away from Alvarez today. He was absolutely brilliant. Created the penalty, two goals. What else can be said? But it's likely, it's it's all in all likelihood though, uh, it'll be that uh, Messi ends up with the official man of the match award. Yeah, I think he will. It wouldn't be undeserved either because he did make two of the goals and uh, he, he scored one himself and it was a great performance all round. Great penalty take, taken there as well. Emphatic penalty. Kind of send a message to Croatia. Sends a message to Croatia as well as everyone else who's uh, taken some average penalties in this tournament. Look at you, Spain, Japan. <laughs> 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 That's how you take a penalty. And, That's and, right. Uh, yes, Leo Messi did take home the Man of the Match award from today's game, uh, posing with the, the Budweiser trophy in Qatar. which uh, That's the only thing Budweiser can, can provide these days. Well, they can provide non-alcohol beer. <laughs> yeah, but is that really worth drinking? We love you, Budweiser. You <laughs> no, it's, no, no, it is not worth alcohol, drinking. That's right. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Who drinks beer because they like the taste of it? Well, correct. 
We are advocating the responsible use of alcohol, of course. Of course, of but course. Yeah, of I course. mean, look, you, yeah, you want your beer to have a little bit of a buzz. What was your highlight of the day, Nathan? Um, my highlight of the day, I think it is just the scenes of full time mm. on the pitch. Yep. Because Argentina, yes, everyone sort of wants Argentina to go, to go and win this trophy. And one of the big factors, yes, it's Leo Messi. That's factor number one. Mm-hmm. But another one is just this massive Argentinian con- contingent in Qatar. Mm. Every game, the stands are completely full yep. with light blue and white. And there's so many that have made the trip over. A long journey from Argentina to Qatar. Mm. And they're all there to see Leo Messi, perhaps in his final tournament. And so far, so good. Yeah. And one more, one more step to go. It's going to plan, that's for sure, for Argentina. It started off a bit shaky, but it looks like to be going to plan. Um, yeah, look, I'm going to say Messi's penalty. It was just incredible. That's the way you want to see penalties taken. So that's my highlight on the pitch. Off the pitch, there have been a couple of things that have uh, taken uh, taken my interest. Um, with uh, the Moroccan national carrier having organised 30 flights, 30 flights between Morocco and Qatar, and the government subsidising it in part. So they're paying 500 euro return. So they're just sending Moroccans over there just to uh, obviously build the atmosphere. And uh, look, this is another kind of, you know, tomorrow's game has a feel of a derby uh, between, you know, because there is a large Moroccan community in France. And yeah, it's uh, another uh, battle of the Mediterranean. That it is. That it is Mediterranean derby part three here at this World Cup. And I did see that story that you were talking about and it probably means 50,000 more Moroccans in Qatar for the game tomorrow morning. And wow, wow, I hope it's not all for nothing. If they do go home, I hope they, it is a good performance and France just don't wipe the floor with them. And uh, we get a fantastic semi-final. Today's, yes, it was great to see Argentina at their best, but it wasn't wasn't an enthralling uh, close game. Of course it wasn't because they won 3-0. Um for me, a couple of things off the pitch that caught my eye in the last couple of days, because it's been a couple of days since we record, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw something up that I saw yesterday or the, or the day before. It was uh, this bit of drama with the US men's national team. Greg Berhalter versus Gio Reyna. <laughs> well, the, now we know why he hasn't been playing too much. 100%. And there are a lot of pundits in the US which are not happy about that from uh, what I've heard, and they uh, think that uh, Berhalter is to blame. So, in the court of public opinion there, for those that don't know, um, basically, Rayner was told that he would not be playing a lot during the World Cup, um, and he obviously reacted negatively to that news. He had subsequently apologised to the coach and his team, and he issued a public statement saying, after the World Cup, saying that, um, you know, everything is supposed to stay in the locker room. I, you know, I kept my mouth shut, and effectively... Uh, a leak has come out of the U.S. men's national team, and a lot of people are pointing the, the finger at the coach. So what's your take on that? Well, it's more than a leak. Greg Berhalter put out a, a big statement the other day saying, essentially, that Gio Reyna's uh, aptitude and attitude just wasn't at it during this World Cup, and that's why he wasn't selected. He's He was lazy in terms of training and, and all sorts of accusations, and I completely agree with Gio Reyna's side of, the, side of it that this is not something that you should be airing out in public. Yes, you deal with it internally and you have appropriate punishments for a player if he's not up to standard, but to air it out in public is crazy because he's just a kid, Gerrano, at the end of the day. He's still early doors in his career and you don't want to um, run him over the hot coals too much. And court of public opinion perhaps 
it has swung in Giorana's favour and a lot of the blame goes to the coach. But still, to put Giorana in the spotlight like that is not something that you like to see. I think you'll find that Berhalter wasn't the first one that actually said it. I think the leak did come from the, the coaching staff and then Berhalter was uh, asked about it and then he uh, just uh, confirmed what was said or what was uh, according to, you know, uh, what was leaked apparently. Yeah, but that's a story that might rumble on uh, a little bit more. And uh, another thing that caught my eye just today was Richarlison on his Instagram uh, put up a, a story that he of a new tattoo. Okay. I've missed this. Where he's tattooed uh, a picture of himself, Neymar, mm-hmm. and Brazilian Ronaldo across his back. I'll send you the photo. It is uh, interesting. Interesting. Not, <laughs> not, not, not the sort of tattoo that I would go for. Uh, just three heads on his back. And uh, yeah. it's a strange one. You can leave me out of that one. In fact, do me a favour, don't send it. <laughs> so should should we move on to previewing uh, tomorrow morning's semi-final? Yeah, let's do it. How do we think this is going to go? I, mean, I know we said it in the last episode, but uh, it's upon us now, less than, in less than 24 hours. This time tomorrow, we'll know who Argentina is facing in the World Cup final. And wow, for the occasion, I think it'd be uh, amazing if it was Argentina against France, because that is... These are the two best teams at this World Cup from what we've seen on the pitch. And you want to see the best teams go at it. But if Morocco are able to pull up, pull off the upset, I won't be angry. I won't be disappointed at not seeing Argentina-France. That can come later. Morocco is a fantastic story if they're able to pull it off. It's already a brilliant story getting to the semifinal. First ever Arab country, first ever African country to get this far. If they are able to go one more step and beat France and get into the final, wow, 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 wow. Wouldn't that be something? And the question is, how many of these players from Morocco can back up? The talk is that Roman Saiz is a major doubt for Morocco. Uh, Orged should be back. Hakimi, Mazraoui should be back and fit to start the game. I do hold question marks whether they actually are fit or are they just being pushed through. But if they are fit and they are ready to go and if Roman Saiz is available as well, then that is a massive boost for them. And if all those players are fit, and they start the game, then they can go and do it. Because it's such a big morale boost if they are able to get them all out on the pitch. And yes, France has been brilliant. Griezmann's been brilliant. Mbappe the same. Giroud the same. It's a tough test for them, of course. But if they can knock over Spain, knock over Portugal, knock over Belgium, draw with Croatia, why not? Why can't they beat France? Mm. It, uh, yeah, look, why can't they? Great question. They can. I don't know if they will. The Like you indicated earlier, Nathan, the question is, is how many of these players are fit and able to back up? Um, yeah, it, that this is going to be the biggest challenge for them as far as, aside from the opposition, is being able to back up from, um, you know, from the, the, the last game, the quarterfinal. Because that was just an incredible performance uh, defensively, right? So they will need to, you know, match that, if not better, that type of defensive performance against France. I see France being very patient in this game. I just think their quality is just going to shine. As much as for the feel-good factor of this uh, Morocco team is, and like I said, I can f- sense a bit of the Euro 2004 Greece story behind this Morocco story, but I just don't know if um, Morocco are going to be fit enough. Obviously, the longer it, it goes, it stays at nil all, the better off Morocco will be. And... Um, but they're so good. The thing is with Morocco, they're so good on the counter and so efficient. 
they're just absolutely brilliant to watch when they when they attack. They attack in numbers. There's options there for everyone. They move the ball around. They get you know they play people in on goal. All it takes is one chance. So look for the feel good factor and for the story of the World Cup. I think it would be awesome to have Morocco go into the final. I just think that France has got too much quality this time around. I think this French side is the best that, you know, this French side is the best European side without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with that. And they will be for years to come. They're just incredible. They're just incredible. And you talk about production lines of Croatia, just this French production line is is ridiculous. It's just elite talent after elite talent and... That's not going. That's not going anywhere, and France will be a force for many tournaments to come. And look at look, you know, look which coach is ready to take over the wings uh, as soon as um, Deschamps uh, departs the scene, standing in the wings just waiting. Zizou, he's there, and I think no matter what happens with France at this tournament, if they do go on and win the whole thing, or if they do crash out tomorrow morning, I think Deschamps will stand aside. I agree, and it uh, leaves it leaves the door open for uh, Zizou to come through and uh, take over the reins. We talked about if Argentina win it, you've got Messi as the golden ball. We mentioned for France, it'd be, I think, a toss-up between Griezmann and Mbappe. But who would you pick out from Morocco if they were to pick up the golden ball? Amrabat? Amrabat. Have to be. Yeah, he's been been incredible. You'd probably say Bono as well or Saiz. Yeah, no. Well, he could get the golden glove, right? But, uh, But seriously, it would have to be Amrabat. He's just been immense. He's been immense. He's been incredible. Yeah, and there's been so many good players in this Moroccan side, and it goes to the theme that we've been saying this tournament. They they deserve to be on this stage. They haven't fluked it. Yes, they've been sitting deep, and they've taken their chances when they've come, but they're well worthy of the performances and the results that they've generated. Yeah, 100%. And look, it really just comes down to how resolute their defence will be and how they maintain their defensive discipline in this game. Because they defend and attack as a unit, the whole team. So it's just absolutely brilliant to watch. You can't say that I've, I haven't watched a boring Morocco game. No, no, absolutely not. So <laughs> you know, so that that goes to the quality of the footballers as well. All right, lads. So it's time to put our chips on the line. Which way do you see it going tomorrow morning? Heart says Morocco. Head says France. I'm going to go France. I can't disagree with you. I I can't disagree with you. Head says France. Heart says Morocco. I'd love to see them do it. Um. I might tip the upset just because, just because uh, I'd love to see it happen. Uh, Messi against Morocco in the final. Wouldn't that be something? That would be a great story. Great storyline for it. Incredible. And I saw from, from these semifinals, there's a good narrative no matter who ends up taking out the trophy. Yes, with Argentina, Messi, everyone knows about Messi winning the World Cup. If it is uh, Morocco, it's the ultimate underdog story. If France go and win it, they're the first team to retain the World Cup in 60 years. There's a good story no matter who wins the World Cup from here on out, and I'd love it to be Morocco. If it's not Morocco, I'd rather see Argentina win it over France. Um, but yes, I'm, I might tip Morocco to get through to the final. On, on penalties, uh, a masterclass from Bono once again. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I'm just wondering, though. Look, I think if Morocco gets through France, they win. Wow. Yep. Momentum is just a, a crazy thing, and, and, and you'll be swept up in momentum if that's the case. Mm. I can just see it. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this game tomorrow morning. We might we might see a similar scoreline in actuality. It might to to this morning might be another three nil or a scoreline to that effect. But 
hopefully Morocco can uh, bring the levels of performance that saw them get this far. And uh, there's one big step to go before you are in the history books forever. No, looking forward to it tomorrow morning, Nathan, and looking forward to catching up with you tomorrow morning. Yes, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully we're coming back here we, after a uh, an enthralling game, perhaps a big upset as well. It's been great talking to you, Laz, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as well, listener. Do check out the socials at the back peg, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. I've been Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gramos. Take care, all. Thanks again. Thanks again.